All right, guys, part three, final update of the triple update this week. So just to let you guys know, again, the 15th is coming up fairly soon. The 15th is actually going to be next Tuesday. So we'll get an update on Sunday, then an update on Tuesday, and then another update on Wednesday. So you guys will get a bunch of content within the next week. So thanks again for everybody who is listening. You guys make my day. So without further ado, here comes chapter four. A prison in freedom, chapter four. Please, my lord, don't hurt her. Please, I beg of you. A young man with hair as black as pitch that was roughly cut at his shoulders was kneeling before a great throne. The hall that he was in was completely made of gray, polished marble, and the tapestries that hung from the walls were as black as the night itself. The throne that the man was kneeling before was grand and of the purest silver, the molded heads of dragons at the armrests. The poor man was shaking as he saw his master roughly grab a beautiful young woman by the wrist. Oh, now you're begging me to stop, the master barked. The master's voice was terribly frightening, like nails on a chalkboard and the hiss of a snake. He stood, his red and black, well-trimmed hair contrasting with his deathly pale skin as the girl's eyes started to tear up, a few beads of water dripping onto the marble. Maybe if you had done what I had asked, she wouldn't be in this position, Black Knife. Black Knife's breath was shaky. I, I tried, my lord, I did. Your key just isn't anywhere here, I think... Your job isn't to think, Black Knife, it's to obey. Black Knife's master stepped down from his throne, dragging the girl behind him, causing Black Knife to rise to his feet. It was apparent that his master was both weaker and shorter than he, but when his master's hand was placed on his cheek, Black Knife was clearly afraid. How many times do I have to tell you don't go against me? Black Knife's master hit him sharply on the side of the face, causing the older of the two to flinch and yelp in pain, but he still got to his master's feet. Please, Diabolos, don't hurt Ivy. Don't call me that. Diabolos kicked Black Knife hard in his stomach, causing him to double over. You will refer to me as Sir or Master, is that understood? Yes, sir. Black Knife stood and held back his pain with an ease that seemed all too familiar. What do I have to do to ensure Ivy's safety, sir? Diabolos let go of Ivy's wrist and began pacing back and forth across the marble, circling Black Knife like a vulture. Well, you already failed at bringing me my key, and for that you shall be punished, but you may redeem yourself. I know of a man that is on a quest to find it before I do. I want you to follow him, keep a close eye on him, and when he gets close enough to hear, bring him to me. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Black Knife looked both fleetingly and lovingly at Ivy, who rushed up and kissed him before two other men took her by the arms and dragged her away. Diabolus snapped his fingers, and a woman so hunched over she could only see the floor wobbled in with a bowl of blue, acidic-looking liquid. Black Knife took one look at the fluid and began to take a few stumbling steps backward. No, no, sir, please, please, not that. Put your hands in. Diabolos, with more strength than he looked like he had, grabbed Black Knife by the wrists and shoved his hands into the liquid, causing Black Knife to wince and scream in pain. Remember, Black Knife, Diabolos said as though Black Knife's screams were completely inaudible, that this is not the full dosage of the poison from the thralls. The real dosage would kill you. Even though the liquid was splashing up onto Diabolos' wrists as his servant struggled, he seemed unaffected. Finally, Diabolos let go, and Black Knife drew his hands out of the bowl quicker than lightning, rubbing them against his shirt to try and rid himself of the poison. Tears came to his bloodshot, sleep-deprived eyes, but he held them back, and Diabolos turned around, heading back to his throne. Get Vea to heal your wounds, disobey me again, and I can assure you that it will be much worse than the poison. 
Black Knife stumbled out of the room, still disoriented from the pain, and headed back into a small room where a few men and women were bustling around, cleaning things and grabbing mops and brooms. Black Knife slowly sat down in the corner, slumping into a rickety wooden chair that cracked under his weight due to its age, smiling up at a girl with hair as black as his. She rolled her eyes and quickly grabbed a bowl, soon filling it with a shimmery, clear, bubbly liquid that she got from a weathered old jar in a cabinet and set it in Black Knife's lap. Quickly, he put his hands into it and sighed with content as all of the bubbles suddenly clung to his hands, sucking all of the poison out of his skin and dispensing it into the water outside of the bubble shield. Ah, Vea, you always know what to do. Of course she does. You're the one always getting into trouble with the master. An elderly woman was wiping off a nice, sharp kitchen knife. She paused, however, and looked at the two with curious eyes. You two look so alike. I know I keep telling you that, me and my one-track mind, but it's the truth. Vea nodded and Black Knife smiled at her. She's right, you know, Vea. Same eyes, same hair, same skin. Vea smacked him roughly on the arm and he rubbed it, slightly irritated. What was that for? Turning abruptly with an arrogant air, Vea flipped her hair and Black Knife sighed. Okay, okay, I was being an idiot. Of course we don't look alike. Black Knife grinned and tried to mimic a girl's voice. Silly Black Knife, you know you don't have any family. You never have and you never will. After his mockery was done, he paused and looked down, a pang of sadness in his green, brilliant eyes. I know that's the truth, but why won't you just say it to my face? As Black Knife stood, Faye turned away from him, pain clear on her face as well. An awkward silence passed between the two until the room was completely free of people except for the pair. Only at that moment did she turn to look at Black Knife and speak. Because I can't. You just did. Black Knife threw his hands up in the air, setting the bowl on the counter, obviously frustrated. You don't understand, Faya whispered. I don't want to hurt you. Black Knife rolled his eyes and slowly slumped back into the chair. You didn't know that until just now, did you? Faya slowly shook her head and sank to the floor. Is that why you're here? To try and do justice upon Diabolos for your family? Black Knife's laugh was both mocking and cold. Me? Justice? You should have seen me as a child. You'd be thinking the exact opposite. That's why Diabolos took me in. I was good at what I do. And Vea paused. What is that? Making people's lives miserable. Black Knife slowly pulled a long black dagger etched with blood red markings from behind his back and ran his finger along the edge of the blade. This is what Diabolos named me after. Beautiful, isn't it? Vea looked confused. He named you? Black Knife leaned in, lowering his voice. Not many people know this, but Diabolos, ever since the beginning of his immortality ten years ago... He's raised me like a father. The farthest back I can remember is probably about eight or nine, but I do remember living on the streets of Eastboro. Diabolos, he found me running from some guards. One cornered me in an alley, and I hate to say it, but I killed him. I still don't know how I did it. It was so quick and easy. Diabolos already knew of his plans to immortality, and he took me with him, offering guidance and shelter. I was only twelve, and he was twenty-three. I began my life here. I see. They bit her lip. Why do you stay here, then? Why don't you run? One, he'd kill me. Two, I'd have to repay him for raising me. And three, I can't leave Ivy. Faya took the bowl from the counter and stood, washing it out. You know, I go through more health potions in a day on you than I could ever use in a week. I wouldn't be her today if it wasn't for Ivy. I've got to protect her. Who is she, anyway? I've never seen her down here. Black Knife ran his fingers through his hair. She's not a maid like you. She's from Brigada. We met while I was out looking for more, uh, hired help a few years ago. We fell madly in love, and we've planned to get married in the fall. I doubt that's going to happen, though, because I can't find Diabolos' key. I've searched every inch of this stupid world, and I swear to you, it's not here. Then, Faye lightly put the bowl back into a cabinet. 
Where is it? Black Knife paused. I think it's in the other world. Other world? Van nearly dropped the dish she was washing. No one's been there in ages. I know, but I think I have to go there for Ivy's sake. Black Knife stood and looked out the small window behind Vea. I'm going to try and see her, but first... Vea looked at him cautiously. Yes? I want to know something. Why don't you speak to anyone else besides me? I... When I was very small, I said something to my little brother and he took it too seriously. He ran away, angry at me, and I realized my words hurt him. When he never came back, I vowed to myself that I would never speak to anyone unless I truly trusted them. And I'm one of them? Vea shivered and looked around the room. In a place such as this, a small light in the darkness is a great thing to be thankful for. I see good in your heart. When I was abducted from my home, I knew you were the first person I could trust. Thank you. Black Knife smiled and looked at the sun which was setting. I have to go. The guards are changing shifts. Vea lightly waved and Black Knife slunk off like a shadow on the wall, creeping slowly through many cold corridors of Diabolos' castle. It was located far in the mountains, and the only thing between it and Sandstorstad, the closest town, was the endless Oaken, the desert that seemed to go on forever. Black Knife could even feel the desert heat from the lower corridors of the palace. Torchlight was the only thing that was flooding the dark halls, and Black Knife was merely a dim, unnoticed being as he crept down to the smallest of cells. The sound of water dripping against the stone and hay was the only sound to be heard besides the soft humming that came from a girl sitting in the corner. Her blonde, long hair was dirty, but when she saw Black Knife's hand reaching through the bars, she clung to it like it was her only lifeline. She began to sob, and Black Knife began to gently stroke her face with his slightly dirty fingers. His hands soon became wet from her tears, so he pulled it back, wiping it onto the leg of his pants. Hush now, it's okay. What did they do to you? I saw them grab the poison. I saw. Ivy's words were choked up by her crying. I'm all right. Black Knife slowly wiped a tear from her eye. Don't worry, I'm more worried about you. Are you all right? Black Knife's eyes inspected her like a hawk's, checking every spot of visible skin for scratches or bruises. Ivy laughed at his worry and gently pushed a stray hair away from his face. I'm fine, but do you need to find that key soon or I'll be stuck in here forever? I've been trying. It's what I've been attempting to tell Diabolos, but he just won't listen. I think it's in the other world. How can it be? Black Knife began pacing around the outside of the cell. Well, whoever stole it could have easily just gotten an artist from the other side. The only artist left here is Fika, but he's in the prison on the other side of the castle. Besides, I don't know who in the world would want to come here. I'd rather be over there, if you ask me. Don't say that. Ivy firmly grabbed his hand. Remember our plans? We're going to get a small little house somewhere in the mountains between Brigada and the forest, just by ourselves, where no one can bother us? Listen, Ivy... Black Knife sighed and grasped her hands firmly. Going to the other world will be our backup plan if things get too bad here. When Ivy screamed and Black Knife felt a cold hand on his shoulder, he knew he had been caught. Diabolos whirled him around and looked at him coldly with his near-black eyes. First you failed to bring me my key, and now you sneak down here to see her? Sir, please, I... Black Knife stopped cold as his wrist was snapped behind his back, and he was led into a cell with a large mirror on the wall. Diabolos roughly pushed Black Knife's face up against it, and Black Knife stood and looked upon what was beyond it. The room was small, and a comfortable-looking bench was set directly facing the mirror. A dresser was under it, and a black door with a silver handle was to the left. I put this mirror here just for you, Black Knife. Look at it, this lifeless, forsaken place. Do you see anyone here? No people, no animals, not even an insect. If you want to go there so badly, then here you'll stay. Diabolos quickly shackled Black Knife to the wall closest to the mirror and slammed the door to the cell sharply behind him. 
Black Knife leaned against the mirror, trying to get a better look at the place beyond it. It was dark, and night insects were making a symphony of noise outside of another window on the right side. The time between these two places, here and there, they must be linked. Black Knife pressed his fingers against the glass. Paradise was so close, and yet so far away. Unless there was an artist who could draw considerably well on the other side, he'd just get to look, not touch. Hello? Calling for help? Might work. Is someone there? It was going to be a long night. Alrighty, you guys. That is that is it. That is all. I must fly now. But thanks again for listening. Tune in on Sunday. And if I am able to, I will attempt to get it up on Sunday. We'll see how my schedule treats me. But otherwise, thanks again. Hope you guys enjoyed this triple update. And have a great rest of your week.